What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino tonight. Ray, we got a very nice two-man episode, honestly, but, but it's the best episode of the season. We got the first mock draft of the season. How we doing, buddy? Doing as good as I can be, I guess. Uh, <laughs> t- tough loss last night for the Jets. Offense is looking say that. Uh, abysmal, to say the least. But we're here, we're mocking. That's the best way to get over a tough loss is just to get into draft mode. Yeah, we did the mock immediately after a Jets loss. So, you know, a little bittersweet doing the first mock. I was hyped up to do the first mock, but I was also uh, wallowing for sure. Um, No game previews this week, honestly. I think the game previews may have run its course. It's fun. We're getting to the, towards the end of the season. We'll talk bowl games, and we'll talk the big games, obviously, the conference championships. Ray, we do have to touch on one game, big game this week, before we get to the mock draft. We got Michigan-Penn State this week. Quickly, just give me your thoughts about this game. I mean, it's gonna. I think it's just going to come down to Penn State's toughness in the trenches to start because, I mean, that Ohio State game, Ohio State kind of outmanned you guys, and when it comes to Michigan, that's pretty much their bread and butter. So it's going to be interesting to see Michigan's first true test of the season. Uh, and it's also going to be big to see Aller. Uh, he was a little underwhelming in that Ohio State game, but their home, they the, the home field advantage should be big in this game. Uh, he's got to just kind of stay poised and hit his guys, but the receiving threats for Penn state just aren't there and it just, it's not going to put fear in Michigan's heart. So it, it really does come down to the run game and be able to establish that, but it's going to be a tough task against this Michigan team. Yeah. Aller got it going last week against Maryland. It was nice to see him have a, a rebound game. Cause honestly, just for his confidence, he needed it. Um, so hopefully he's feeling a little bit more confident going into this game, but really interesting. This game opened at six and a half and Honestly, I hate saying this for about Penn State, but I just think Michigan is a touchdown better than Penn State. I I do. Um, so I probably would have been leaning that way as a as a betting man, but this line has dropped to four and a half, and sharps are on Penn State right now when it was at six and a half. I was a little curious about that. I think it's going to rise again towards that six and a half range. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think the four and a half, I think that that drop was just because Aller looks so good and they're at home. I think that's big. And just the unknown with, I mean, not really unknown, I guess, but just Michigan's cakewalk of a schedule. That now just having to go to another top 10 team, it's a tough ask. But, I mean, history shows that that Michigan probably will win this game. And I think it's just a tough matchup for Penn State overall. So I, I think it would be a really big upset if they were able to pull this one out. Agreed. I honestly thought that that number would cross seven at some point, even if it just got to seven. Now, do you think the whole off-field sign, like sign-stealing scandal, do you think that kind of uh, had any effect going on the road and then with that hanging over you too? I don't know. It, it. I mean, he missed the first three games of the season too. Harbaugh wasn't there, and like, I don't know. I, I guess they haven't played anybody. You're you're right, but I don't know. I feel like this is a pretty. Uh, pretty poised and pretty mature team. I feel like a lot of these guys are back from, from last year too. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully Penn state uh, plays well and make it, makes it a little little interesting. You need a big chop game. Big time. Uh, He got, he was, he got hurt. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Uh, Let's get to the mock. Fuck. Fuck. Ben talking about Penn state right now. We got mocks to do. We're, we're back, baby. Uh, Ray, so I gave you the first pick. We're swapping back and forth. You got Arizona on the clock at number one. 
Who's Arizona taking? Dude, this is such a crapshoot talking this early right about it because there's just so many unknowns. First of all, we're not doing trades, so that's out. That's out the window. Uh, and we got Kyler coming back this week, uh, potentially, I think most oh, likely. Yeah. So I think his performance down the stretch, it could just go either way. Like, will they try to f- trade him and get bring in a young quarterback who is more in line with this team's timeline? But the financials around that are really fucking iffy. So for me, with no trades, I'm going my best player in this draft. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. I think you give, you give Kyler another weapon. Uh, pair him with Michael Wilson on the outside. You got Rondell Moore on the inside. Marquise Brown is going to be a free agent. So it's uh, up in there whether they can retain him. But just get someone who's going to come in and be a wide receiver one immediately. Take a little pressure off Kyler. Uh, and you have another first-round pick to work with, too. So we'll see how, what where you can add there. I was between staying at one. I was between him and Olu. But I think Marvin Harrison is a generational prospect where you just got to take him. Yeah, I agree. If you weren't going to go the quarterback route, you pretty much have to go. Marvin Harrison um, would be nice to have bookend tackles, Olu and, and Paris Johnson for the next eight years. Um, but I do like Marv there if you're not going to go quarterback. I mean, I think based on just the financial situation that if Kyler gets hurt, they're on the hook for a lot of money. Like I think this is their decision, right? Like they're rolling with Kyler. Yeah. I, you would assume so, but what if Kyler looks, comes back and looks pretty good? You know what I mean? And then, I mean, I guess you wouldn't have the first overall pick if that was the case though. So right. then, yeah, true. Yeah. So you're right. They're, they're rolling with Kyler. That makes right? sense. Like I, I'm saying like, even I, I think next year, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this is their decision. Like they were either going to not play him at all and take one of the quarterbacks or we're rolling with Kyler and we have two first. True. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think that's probably where it comes, what it comes down to, but right. I, it would um, be interesting to see if they, if they somehow end up with that first overall pick still and like what kind of interest does Kyler draw to a team that's maybe a quarterback away. Oh my God. Um. Yeah. I don't know. The Jets? <laughs> not now. Not now. <laughs> All right. I'm on the clock here. Chicago's got back-to-back picks. This is actually Carolina's pick here, too. I'm going Caleb Williams here, and I love Drake May. I think the conversation between Caleb Williams and Drake May is the closest it's ever been. I think over the summer, you and I both really like Drake May as well, but we still had Caleb a clear tier ahead of him. And I think especially over these last three weeks, uh, Caleb has not looked that good. I still have him over Drake may. I just still think the off script stuff that he does is special. And I still think that he can get into a system in the NFL and play within the system. He just needs to play within the system more because his arm talent is really special I think he aligns with Chicago and what their offense kind of looks like right now. Um, so I'm go- I'm still going Caleb. I think this is going to be a real hot topic come draft time. I think yeah. a lot of teams are still going to like Drake May better than Caleb Williams. I mean, I, th- I think Drake May is going to end up overtaking him personally. But with this pick in particular, you mentioned that he works a little bit better with the Chicago offense. But who knows who's coaching the Chicago team at the end Very of the true. year? Because this, this team's in shambles right now. I could so see a Harbaugh, Harbaugh uh, getting ousted from Michigan and coming back to Chicago. I know wow. it's kind of a popular uh, narrative, but that would be something interesting. But 
that's what with these mocks you just can't really tell right now with fit, but that's why he's your still your number one quarterback, so it makes sense there. All right. Um, so you're on the clock with Chicago's actual pick at three. Who you got here? I mean, I think Chicago would have loved, 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 loved if Arizona went Olu one because getting Marvin Harrison and either Caleb Williams or Drake May in the same draft is just a, it just turns yeah, your offense. Or if they or if they took a quarterback. Yeah, true. Take the other one and then yeah, both. facts. It just turned it would turn your offense complete 180 overnight, but that didn't happen here. So I'm going Olu. This offensive line's still a uh, work in progress, obviously. So get bookend tackles and him and Darnell Wright. Those are some two big, athletic, and mean dudes. I think that's how you set this set Caleb up for success going forward because you still have DJ Moore that you just got last year too. So it's not like they have no weapons. Right. I like this. I mean, they need help on both sides of the ball for sure. I think it's too high to take one of these edge rushers. I think you have to take Olu here. And I mean, him and Darnell Wright's really nice pairing for the future. So I like that. You also just traded for Sweat, too. So he's probably going to get tagged at the very True. least. Uh, so. they, they paid him, didn't they? Did they? Did I miss that? I think they paid him the other day. It was a fat deal. I think it was like four for 96 or something like that. Was that Saturday? Because I was out of commission Saturday. Might have been. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. All right. Uh, I got the New York Giants at four. This was an interesting spot for me, depending on what you think of dimes. But I think it's over in New York, especially after a rough injury. I'm taking Drake May here. And I think the Giants honestly have to be thrilled. Dable gets a gets his guy. Josh, uh, Shane gets his guy. Even though they did pay dimes, he was never their guy. He's going to be injured for probably half the season next year, too, you'd assume. So Drake May stepping in right away. Somebody that can really push the ball down the field and uh, get this offense back to where it should be. Yeah, I, I love this fucking fit. I think Drake May is tailor-made for this Brian Dable offense. And you don't even have to rush him, too, because Dimes is going to be there next year no matter what. So you can have him sit and learn for a little bit until Dimes... Uh... I think Dimes is going to be injured, though, for the for, is he for the portion of the season, no? I guess, I guess he's not built like Aaron Rodgers, so who knows? But I thought I feel like he could come back, right? What he's... I mean, what's November? What's an ACL nowadays? I mean, especially eight months. Minimum? True. I guess we'll see. It'll be cutting it close for sure. Right. All right. You're on the clock here at five with the New England Patriots. Who you got for New England? So this was probably my first real interesting pick. Um, I don't Agreed. think that – I know a lot of people are, would be screaming for a quarterback. I just don't see them going quarterback three at number five. I think that's what got them in trouble with Mac Jones, and I don't see them going back that route. So to me personally, this would be a trade-down spot. But since we're not doing trade-downs, there are really three people – uh, in my in my head, I think Dallas Turner was one of them. I think him coming off the edge would be massive for them. Two, Brock Bowers just screams a Patriot to me. I could see them, <laughs> that fit so perfectly. But I didn't go either of those two. I went with my guy, J.C. Latham, the tackle from Alabama. I think at, towards the end of this process, I think he's going to be a, a top 10 pick lock. I know he's not really at, in that category right now, but I just love the tools from him. I think the Alabama connection with uh, Bill Belichick is big. And I think just fortify this off the line, give maximum protection or what I think personally is they're going to be probably bring in a veteran quarterback, either Jimmy Garoppolo or depending on how Kirk cousins recovers, I could see him being in that spot too. Right. Yeah. I 
kind of perked up because I, I agree. I felt like this was the first like interesting pick. Obviously at one, you take Marvin Harrison was uh got me excited too. But I think this is one where I perked up too, because I thought offensive tackle. And I think a lot of people assume that Joe Alt is probably going to be the second tackle taken, but like you, uh, like you getting your guy in there at five. All right. I'm on the clock here at six. I got the LA Rams. This was an interesting spot because they need offensive line help, and Joe Alt just fell to me. Um, that defensive line could use some help. They got some young, nice pieces. Byron Young's playing well this year. But this quarterback situation they got right now with Matt Stafford being hurt, second year in a row, getting injured, um, his contract is just a abysmal i mean he's on the hook for so much money they don't have an out until 2026 his dead cap next year is 86 and a half million um so that's just a, a rough situation honestly the rams have never really cared about cap space but they got to do something about that contract i'm going quarterback here and honestly this isn't even my favorite quarterback but i have jj mccarthy here at six uh for the rams He's another one like you, like Latham, you talked about. I think during this process, he's going to start to rise, and I think NFL teams are really going to like his physical attributes, his arm. He's got a lot of talent. I think people are just waiting it to see against a worthy opponent, so we will get that against Penn State, against Ohio State, and then hopefully a playoff game. Um, so I'm taking J.J. McCarthy here. Yeah, I like that fit, too, because I think even if Stafford comes back for a year, he's another one. He can sit and learn behind Stafford, learn that McVay offense. I think I think he, him sitting and learning in the NFL is really important for him above the other two quarterbacks. I think he needs to sit, learn, and develop, and he's young enough where it doesn't really uh, matter too much. Right. It's really interesting, too, that the talk this offseason was like, McVay might be out, like maybe he'll give a one more year. And I feel like the Puka thing has kind of – like jolted him back into coaching. That's so weird. Right. <laughs> That's a, right. Like it's like a seventh round rookie. Right. Like I feel like him, he had a good thing with, with Cooper cup. Um, and now he was just like force feeding Puka, Puka. And I think he's like, fuck, like this guy's awesome. Like I just want to run my offense through this guy. <laughs> so crazy. All right. You're on the clock here at seven with green Bay. Yeah, so this is it's just so funny doing these mocks, especially this early with all the QB hype. It's like every t- there's so many teams that have question marks to quarterbacks where you have to consider it for a second. All I've taken to his quarterback so far. Yeah, it's so <laughs> that's actually really fun. I didn't notice that. Um, but for a team like Green Bay, I know uh, their GM came out and it was really uh, not non committal on Jordan Love's future with the team, but he's still under contract for another year. I'm not going to go force quarterback four for this team. I think you got to bring in, I'm going to bring in Joe Alt from the tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, Bakhtiari is probably on his way out. He's been banged up again and again and again. So I think you got to get someone who can protect Jordan Love's blind side and either for Jordan Love or whoever the next quarterback is down the road. Uh, keep Joe Alt in the Midwest. And he he's a prototypical left tackle. He'll be in there for a good five to seven years, you'd assume. Yeah, like that pick. They definitely need help along the offensive line. And, you know, if you're taking quarterback four at seven, is it worth it? Do you just ride Jordan out? Um, like Joe Alt there, he's been playing awesome this year. I'm on the clock here at eight for Tampa Bay. Another interesting spot that I thought about quarterback. Uh, Baker's been playing pretty well this year. So 
I think we're just going to ride with him. I got them taking first edge off the board. Leatu Latu from UCLA. This is a my guy from last year, Ray. And he's just continued to impress. He's continued to get better. And he's damn near unstoppable right now. He's so polished. The The hands are unbelievable. He is definitely a plus athlete. He's not as a plus of an athlete as uh, a Dallas Turner, but he's a plus athlete. And uh, I think his just maturity at the position, he's going to come into the NFL just being a technician. And uh, I think he fits the scheme really well in Tampa Bay. So like him there at uh, at eight. Yeah, he's so he's so refined. And a pick like this for Tampa Bay, they'd have so much invested in that uh that front seven. So it, it would really be a dangerous, dangerous combination with who they've got there already. Yeah, what'd you think about quarterback there though? Uh I mean it Baker. I know you love year, I know you love Baker. He's on a one year deal though, I'm pretty sure, right? So I mean I mean who you, you bring him back on the cheap. I mean, they're they're playing five hundred ball. I I guess. I don't know. I think it's a tough it's a tough call right now. I think especially with already three quarterbacks off the board. It makes sense to not rush that, not force it rather. Right. All right. You're on the clock here at nine with the Denver Broncos. Who you got for Denver? Sean yeah, Payton so needs some help. <laughs> this is this this probably my hardest pick in the entire draft. Uh, I know the narrative is that Sean Payton's kind of over Russell Wilson and he wants him out, but I just don't see how it's physically possible. I just don't with the number, the the money and everything. Like, there's really no way he's going anywhere. So, I to me, that's just made it so much harder. Like, they have the, they have their two tackles locked up long term in Garrett Bowles and Mike McGlinchey. So that's a pr- premium position out. I was thinking edge rusher, but you just went lot to lot to. I don't know if they want. I think this offense needs to get turned around. And with their wide receiver core right now, there's so much. Uh, uh, for uh, flex, there's so much room where this can go in the offseason. That's what I'm trying to say. Where like Judy could be out, Sutton could be out. There's been so many rumors surrounding this team, but I mean, Greg Dulcich has been hurt all year and he was not in uh Sean Payton's favor. Uh, Troutman's a free agent that was that was Sean Payton's guy. I'm gonna go Brock Bowers here. I think he's <laughs> best player on the board. It gives, gives Russell Wilson a piece to work with, an elite receiving threat. I think it's a, a bold pick, and I don't really typically. Uh, like when teams take tight ends in the top ten, but this Brock Bowers is a different player. He could have been a first round pick last year if he was draft eligible. So I think he's going to go pretty high. I think top fifteen is safe. Uh, agreed. Top fifteen is safe because I feel like there's a couple teams that could probably take best player available, and he would be that in the top fifteen. Interesting spot for Denver. When this came up, I did not think that's where you were going to go. Um, because honestly, this team could use help in a lot of areas um i like it i think uh sean payton needs a chess piece and i think brock bowers is a chess piece for sure um interesting spot though yeah i think i see what they do with him i just didn't think going defense was gonna be the move here i think this offense has just been so anemic for the last two years they just gotta do something to try to get a spark oh he's for sure going offense or he'd riot (laughs) And they trade picks for the guy. I mean, kind of have to do what he said. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm on the clock here at 10 for Tennessee. I went uh, to Lise Fuaga from Oregon State, big right tackle. Right, this is a guy that we didn't talk about at all over summer. He had really good PFF numbers, but this is a guy that we didn't watch at all. I watched him in the last few weeks. This dude is awesome fires out of his stance and he's just an absolute menace 
in the run game just destroys people. I think he really fits what they want to do on offense. I think he fits what Mike Brable brings to a team. So um, I like the nasty edge that he plays with, but also he's a good athlete for for his size. He fires out of his stance. So uh, Fuaga here at 10. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch him yet, but I've just been seeing his name all over the place. So I'm really excited to watch him in the coming days. But this, I mean, this is a good tackle class, man. There's so many, there's so many positions, premium positions that are just deep in this class. I hope it kind of stays like that. And throughout the course of the the rest of the season and off season, it doesn't kind of like start to dwindle a little bit. Right. The the premium position, I mean, the quarterback class is deep. The wide receiver group is deep. The offensive line, the tackle group is deep and the edge group is deep. Yeah. Edge is deep. It's not really top loaded. Like it's been in, I feel like recently, but it's still a deep group. There's a lot of uh, interesting players. Right. I'm going to run through the top 10 real quick. Um, Arizona at one took Marvin Harrison jr. Chicago had the next two picks taking Caleb Williams and Olu Fushanu beefing up that offense. The Giants at four took Drake May. The New England Patriots at five took J.C. Latham. The Rams are at six. They took J.J. McCarthy, quarterback of the future. Green Bay was at seven. They took offensive tackle Joe Alt. At eight, Tampa Bay took Leatu Latu, first edge off the board. At nine, the Denver Broncos took Brock Bowers. And at 10, we just took Talise Fuaga for the Tennessee Titans. Ray, you're back on the clock at 11 for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and this is where I'm going to go with my uh, first quarterback. I'm going to go Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Desmond Ritter just isn't it. He's been benched (laughs) for Taylor Heineke, who's been playing, who's a good game manager and a stopgap quarterback. But this team has just invested so much in weapons. Uh, B. John Robinson last year, Drake London the year before, Kyle Pitts the year before that. I, their offensive lines already locked up long term. I think everywhere besides center. So uh, I think it should make a lot of sense to go get a quarterback who's mature. He's seen he's seen a lot of football, played a lot of football. He can come in right away and just just be a distributor to these weapons that they've just drafted so highly. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Michael Be- Michael Penix behind a good offensive line with weapons like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson. I just think that's a recipe for success. I love Michael Penix. I love what he's been doing this year. And I love even more that he's been able to stay healthy so far through these past two seasons, which honestly is the most important thing for him. He's been great. Um, Love that. Love that pick. Um, I'm on the clock here at 12 for the Washington Commanders. I got them going Jared Verse. Really interesting. Edge was not a need uh, five days ago, but Edge is a need now for the Washington Commanders. I still really like Jared Verse. I think he's fallen this season. I think a lot of people had him slated for top seven pretty much last year. Um, And I think he probably would have been a top 10 pick last year if he came out. Um, Still think he's playing really, really well. I think he fits this scheme really well. Be curious to see if Ron Rivera is coaching this team next year. But I really like his ability to play the run and still get after the quarterback. I feel like they like these kind of power edges, but he's got hands. He's got speed off the edge. I think it'll be really nice pairing with him, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, along that, uh, along that D-line. Yeah, I like that fit a lot for him, especially if um, that whole staff and just regime stays in place. I think it makes a lot of sense. Right. You're on the clock here at 13 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Shout out Josh McDaniel. Yeah, as I say, this is a tough pick just because <laughs> the, ter- the complete turnover and uh, – coaching staff, front office, and everything. So I went with my guy, Cooper DeGene, my cornerback one. 
where he plays in the NFL is still up in the air, but I think this defense needs a, a playmaker, someone who can make plays on the ball on this back end. Uh, you got Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson up front. Get them someone who can help change the game on the back end, and he can also play some special teams for them too. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Right. Like that, um, Cooper DeGene, your cornerback, one. Is that a big statement to the world? I think I had him that in the offseason, and, I mean, he's just my guy, so. He is your guy. Uh, I like that. They need help everywhere, and, you know, they can use him kind of anywhere. 14, I got the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going wide receiver two off the board here. I got Malik Neighbors. Neighbors was my wide receiver two coming into the season after summer scouting. Just continued to impress. Just been absolutely awesome this year. I love this fit in Indianapolis. Michael Pittman is a free agent next year. I do think they're going to pay him. But then you have a core of Michael Pittman, Malik Neighbors, and Josh Downs. With Neighbors, you get somebody that can go over the top, um, really be a game wrecker with Anthony Richardson once he's back healthy. Um, but he's just as consistent as it gets, man. Neighbors is just so good. The release package is great. Gets in and out of his breaks like it's nothing. And he can turn on the afterburner. So I love Malik Neighbors. I think he's going to be an awesome pro. Yeah, Neighbors has been growing on me a lot. And I think him and Josh Downs, if, I don't know if they're going to re-sign Pittman to be, completely, to be completely honest with you. But him and Josh Downs make a dangerous one-two combination because I think Josh Downs is going to be a legit player in this league for a while. Like it. Uh, you are on the clock with Arizona's second pick at 15. Yeah, so I went with Marvin Harrison Jr. with their first pick. I think I got to go to the, the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, this defensive front is just pretty barren. So I'm going to go with Dallas Turner, the edge from Alabama. I think him and B.J. Ojolari will make a really interesting pairing in this defense on uh, on the edges. He's athletic. He's putting up monster numbers this year. He's really long, and even more than that, He's a great run defender, which gives him a really high floor, which I think this defense needs. This defensive line needs anybody with a pulse right now. <laughs> they're awful. I mean, they're playing Zayvon Collins at edge right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did play a little <laughs> bit in college, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Arizona with Marvin Harrison and, and Dallas Turner. Nice little haul without the quarterback. Yeah. I'm on the sure. clock here at 16 for the New York Jets. It's got to be offensive line. This offensive line has been miserable and hurt all season, honestly, the last two seasons. I got them taking Amarius Mims from Georgia, the right tackle. It's been banged up this year, but when he's in, this dude is nasty, he's violent, and he's just a massive, massive human being. He was great last year, and we had really high expectations coming into this season after our summer scouting watch. I think he is going to be a really good NFL player, and I think – Having Mekhi Becton on the left side and, and Amarius Mims, you can kick Elijah Vera Tucker back in to his natural position at guard and uh, set the Jets up for success when Aaron Rodgers is back. Yeah, I'm curious to see if uh, Mims comes out. He's been banged up pretty much all year. Um, not a lot of tape out there on him. So I could see him being someone who returns to Georgia just to get more tape on on film and just maybe become like a top 10, top 5 pick. With yeah, the tough, to, tough, tough to pass up. Uh, I think he's pretty much locked for a first round pick. Um, pretty tough to turn that down, especially as a big guy. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You, know, um, you got the Chargers here at 17. I mean, this is tailor made. Yeah. It's funny. You texted me like, oh, this is a perfect spot for X player. I was like, dude, that's exactly what I was going to do. I'm going uh, Johnny Newton. 
the interior defensive lineman from Illinois. I think this just makes his front scary dangerous with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, um, and Thule, Thule Pelotu off the edge. And Thule, you can even play inside too with Johnny Newton on there in the interior. Elite run defender can get pressure from the inside too. I think this makes this defensive front really, really dangerous for uh, Brandon Staley and company. Yeah, and I think uh, this is probably where I would have his his floor. I think he could go earlier than this too. Um, I think this is a really good spot for him. Love Johnny Newton, just an absolute game wrecker. I got Buffalo here at 18. I got them taking Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Florida State. This just makes this offense really fun, really, really tough to stop. You have an absolute game wrecker in Keon Coleman going over the top for Josh Allen, even some erratic throws he's going to be able to come down with. And I I think that leaves so much for Stefan Diggs. It's going to be really nice. This was kind of a coin flip for me between him and Odunze. I feel like they both kind of fit what Buffalo wants to do. Um, But give me Keon Coleman with more athletic upside. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Uh, I think if this wasn't uh, a wide receiver, Buffalo fans would riot because they need some offensive help in a really bad way. Love it. You are on the clock at 19 with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I'm going to... just follow up with another receiver. I'm going Roma Dunze out of Washington. I think Michael Thomas can be a free agent. I think they need someone to help pair with Chris Olave to really get the most out of him. Dunze's got some size, really explosive player, and put up monster numbers this year in Washington. So uh, I think give Derek Carr another weapon because this offense has been shaky at best too. Right. I am on the clock here. At 20 for the Minnesota Vikings, I got them taking second corner off the board, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid's been really good this year. I mean, not really thrown at him. He's not a turnover machine. He's just really a shutdown corner. I still have him uh, as my number one corner. Um, Actually, not still, because I had Kalen King. So, new number one corner. I have have Kool-Aid in the number one now. Minnesota needs help in this secondary real bad. They drafted Andrew Booth two years ago, but he hasn't been playing that well. And they just need somebody uh, in that secondary. So I got Kool-Aid come in and uh, shut it down for one side. Yeah. I like that uh, pick a lot. Actually. I think it's a really good fit. All right. I'll run through the previous 10. I got Atlanta at 11 took Michael Penix. 12 was the Washington commanders. They took edge Jared verse. 13 was Las Vegas. They took Cooper DeGene, first corner off the board. 14 was the Indianapolis Colts, went wide receiver Malik Neighbors. 15 was the second of Arizona's two picks. They took Dallas Turner. 16 was the New York Jets. They took Amarius Mims, offensive tackle from Georgia. 17 was the LA Chargers. They took interior defensive line Johnny Newton. 18 was Buffalo. They went wide receiver Keon Coleman. New Orleans also took a wide receiver with Roma Dunze from Washington. And then 20. Minnesota Vikings to Kool-Aid McKinsey. You are back on the clock at 21 with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, this was one of my favorite picks of the uh, draft. I've made this one really fast. I went with um, – why, why am I blanking? Who did I go with? Oh, Xavier Worthy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you looking at the mock? <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I was looking up, I was looking up uh, Brandon Cook's stats, actually. But, yeah, no, Xavier Worthy, I think <laughs> – I think this uh, Dallas team needs to get an, a second weapon. I think in the mold of what Brandon Cooks, they thought they'd bring a, a someone with some speed and give some pre- relief, some pressure off of CD lamb. I think Xavier worthy does that. Uh, you can give him some manufactured touches. He's just 
dynamite. He's a le- he's an electric player, really fast, uh, really sh- be able to stretch the field for this Dallas offense. And you know, Jerry loves keeping those Texas kids home, so I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love Xavier Worthy. He's been awesome all season. I feel like I've seen him start to fall in mock drafts. I feel like I haven't seen him in the first round all the time. And I've seen his counterpart, A.D. Mitchell, in the first round more often than he is. Um, I'll be curious to see when we evaluate the tape. But every time I feel like I turn on Texas, even though A.D. Mitchell's been on a touchdown tear, I feel like Xavier Worthy's always making plays. I love that fit in Dallas. They need somebody to stretch the field. I'm at 22 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got them taking cornerback Nate Wiggins from Clemson. This was a guy I was really high on in the summer scouting series. Pittsburgh needs some secondary help. If Minnesota needs secondary help, Pittsburgh needs secondary help so bad. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is still a rookie, still learning. He's had some ups and downs this year, but outside of that, this cornerback room is pretty old. They need to bring in some youth. Nate Wiggins has been awesome this year. Just a silky smooth, long corner, can play in press, can play in zone. I know you hate watching that Clemson cover three, but uh, I'm telling you, when you turn on the tape, you're going to be impressed. Nate Wiggins is a really good player. Yeah, he's athletic. He's long. He's got the tools. I'm just very biased from that <laughs> one game I saw of him. It was against Wake Forest. I think he had like five penalties and was throwing a temper tantrum. So I kind of wrote him off there, but I'm excited to watch, dig back into the tape for this year and see how he's improved. All right. You are on the clock here with the Houston Texans at 23 via the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, uh, this was a no-brainer for me too. Uh, I'm going to Mecca Ibuka from Ohio State, reunite him with C.J. Stroud. Stroud has proved that he is the guy there. He's going to be there for the long haul. So get him a weapon he's familiar with, and he's more of a just a dependable route runner separator, which is something that I feel like they don't really have right now. He, I think he'll be a perfect slot receiver for C.J. Uh, and just be a reliable weapon for years to come. Right. Uh, love a, a reuniting of brothers. Uh, at 24, I got Cincy. I'm going Grant Barton here, the offensive tackle from Duke. I think he's going to kick inside and play guard, but I still think the Cincinnati offensive line, as much as they've invested into this offensive line with draft picks and with free agents over the last few years, they still need offensive line help. We really like Grant Barton. I know you do especially. Plays with a nasty edge to him. I think that's what this offensive line needs a little bit more of, and I do like the position flexibility a lot of people are talking about. He could even play center if you need him to. So I love that. Just keep adding to this offense who is just continuing to get better week over week. Yeah, Graham Barton's going to be one of my guys once we do that episode. I fucking love him. Uh, I think he's really, really clean prospect, and the versatility is just – I feel like it's so important in today's NFL. Right. At 25, you got the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so this was an interesting one because if Graham Barton was there, I would have taken them him for uh, this team. But they, this is a team that's just drafted so well the last few years, I feel like, and they've had so yep. many picks where there aren't many just glaring needs. I'm going Bo Nix. I think you got Geno Smith. He's been playing really well, but they have, like, after this season, they can get out of that contract relatively easy. I don't think they need to next year. I think you can keep him there for 2024, sit Bo Nix. Uh, but in 2025, he can they can clear 25 million if they cut him. So I think you I think it's a perfect landing spot for Bo Nix where you can sit and learn, develop. You keep him in the Pacific Northwest, and I think in this this offense that has a lot of weapons and they're pretty set on the offensive line, I think it makes makes a ton of sense. 
I love this pick. I'll leave hey, it there. Thank you, bro. Um, they've drafted unbelievable the last few years. It's pretty incredible how quickly they've turned over this team. Yeah, love it. At 26, they got the San Francisco 49ers. I got them taking Kalen King. I feel like the 49ers, for as great as their defense has been the last few years, they've never had premier corners. I'm not saying Kalen King is a premier corner. He's having a very, very rough year, especially on national games like Ohio State. And to be honest, I don't even think he played that bad that game. I just think he was given so much respect to Marvin Harrison, which what corner, even corners in the NFL would do. So um, I do think it's been a rough year for him, but I still really love his athleticism. I love his movement skills. I love the nasty edge he plays with. I think Sam Fran back end could use some of that for sure. And I think in playing in a scheme like this, he can just be ultra aggressive with that front four getting after the passer. Um, So I love this fit. Kalen King for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I think you've touched on it perfectly. I think San Francisco really has invested too heavily in um in the back end of that defense. And I think Kalen King's a really good fit. I think he's athletic and he comes downhill hard, which would play really well in that San Fran D. Love it. 27, you got the Miami Dolphins. This is a tough one. I feel like they could have used some offensive line help, but I feel like a lot of these offensive linemen went already, so I didn't want to reach. So I decided to have some fun. I went with uh, Jatavian Sanders, the tight end from Texas. I think he's a really good talent. I think he's a, a matchup nightmare that uh, Mike McDaniel could really work with. The blocking's got to get a little bit better, but he could be a big slot, and th- he can be their weapon number three in this offense. That would be a really good complement to what Waddle and Tyreek Hill bring. Fun. Fun. Literally, so, just, that was just fun. So fun. I'm having, I'm having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 28, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got them taking Chop Robinson here. This is another team that's invested heavily in the D-line, but it hasn't really panned out outside of Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a free agent next year. I do think they have to pay him. The Trayvon Walker experience, although he's a young player, just hasn't really worked out. I feel like he's not the type of player that they need off the edge. They need some more juice off the edge. So I got them taking Chop Robinson. Got a ton of juice, ton of pop. Um, and I think when he's right, he's as good as any edge rusher in this class. Yeah, I think you touched on it perfectly. Kick a kick Walker inside a little bit, let him play like a five tech, and you have him coming off with Josh Allen gives them a little bit more juice. To this defense that they need, great right. pick. Thanks, brother. Uh, twenty nine. You got the Detroit Lions. Oh, dude, this is this is my favorite pick I made. I I think. I mean, hand up. I intentionally. Really, I hate this pick. Are you serious? I, I <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was to say, I intentionally waited to take this player because I think his fit with Detroit is just so good. Uh, JT Tui Molowau, the edge from Ohio State. I think he's versatile and I think he complements this defense really, really well. I think Dan Campbell can move him inside occasionally if they want to. I think him and Aiden Hutchinson would be one of the best duo edge rushers in the league, too, eventually. So I love this pick. I think it's tailor made for Detroit. Yeah, that's a good fit. That is a good fit. Uh, I'm not always in love with JT and his game. I just feel like he's pretty inconsistent as a player. I think he's got so much talent, but just needs to put it all together. But I really like this fit along a Dan Campbell offense, uh, defensive line where you already have Aiden Hutchinson. I like it. 
30, I got the Baltimore Ravens. I got them taking 80 Mitchell. This team needs wider wide receiver help in the worst way. Zay Flowers, first-round pick last year. He's been playing really well for them, but they need a big, over-the-top threat. And like I said before, when we were talking about Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell has been on a touchdown tear. He's a touchdown machine, um, big, tall receiver, but he's really quick getting in and out of his breaks, mm-hmm. and he can go up and get it. I really like him. I wasn't really sure about him over the summer. I felt like I kind of pushed him down, but he's really exploded since uh, transferring to Texas. Yeah, he's, he's having a really breakout year for this Texas offense. Texas, don't look now, man. They can uh, they, they can make some noise and sneak into the playoffs in the back end if some they get some help their way. Yeah, I kind of think they need Quinn back. Uh, Malik looked all right to start the game, but he looked pretty rough the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, he's just that he's second not half there. is pretty miserable. He's not there yet, clearly. Yeah. All right, you're at 31 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got for Kansas City? Uh, I think this Chiefs offense is just lacking a little bit of explosion. So I'm going Troy Franklin uh, from Oregon, the wide receiver. He was my number two wide receiver, I believe, in preseason, and he's done nothing to change my mind on that. He's tall. I think he's 6'3". He's got legit uh, probably 4'3 speed, if I had to guess. He can take the top off any defense. I think it gives this Kansas City offense a a, a, a dynamic they've been lacking since Tyreek Hill left. So I think it makes all the sense in the world for them. Yeah, this is a player that you were tremendously high on in the summer, having an outstanding season, and yet I still feel like I don't see him in the first round all that often. It's kind of kind of interesting because I feel like he's got physical traits. I feel like he's got the numbers. Um, I'd be curious to hear from scouts what, what they're seeing. I understand it's a deep wide receiver group, and there are a lot of talented guys, so pick your flavor, but um, I think he's a real good one. Yeah, I told you this off uh, off air, but I'm done letting some uh, public narratives sway my decision. So I'm going to be just sticking to my guns all all draft process because I'm I feel like it all changes, especially the last week. Like news news starts coming out how like the league likes certain people more, and then that's when like the media people start r- rising them up. I'm just sticking with my fucking guns. I mean, hey, I think we've done that pretty much this whole mock draft again. I mean. It's November 7th right now. We have a long way to go before the draft, so uh, we could stick to our guns right now for sure. (laughs) We'll see what happens come draft time. All right, I'm going to round us out here. Pick 32 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Just continuing to hammer on a strength. I'm going D-line. I'm going Braylon Trice, the edge from Washington, a guy who I was tremendously high on this summer scouting. The sacks aren't there this year like they were last year, but the pressures are still there. I mean, he is top 15 in pressures this year. I think he's got uh, 30 or 40 already. Um, He's been outstanding. The handwork is great. Um, He's not an A-plus athlete, but um, along a defensive line where you just have so many dudes, he's just never going to catch any double teams. I really like Braylon Trice just continuing to add to a strength for this Philly team. Yeah, you know Philly, they just they're gonna draft the trench player at that pick. So it just matters which side of the ball, I guess. Right. All right, let's run through the whole draft. Oh god, this is always the worst part. Arizona at one took Marvin Harrison Jr. Chicago had the next two picks. They took Caleb Williams and Olu Fashanu. At four, the New York Giants took quarterback Drake May. 
five, the New England Patriots took J.C. Latham, offensive tackle from Alabama. Six, the L.A. Rams took quarterback from Michigan, J.J. McCarthy. Seven was Green Bay. They took offensive tackle Joe Alt. Eight was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They took first edge off the board, Leatu Latu. Um, nine was Denver. They took tight end Brock Bowers. Ten was Tennessee. They took offensive tackle from Oregon State, Talize Fuaga. Eleven was the Atlanta Falcons. They took quarterback from Washington, Michael Penix. Twelve was the Washington Commanders. They took edge Jared Verse. At 13, the Las Vegas Raiders took first corner off the board, Cooper DeGene from Iowa. 14 was the Indianapolis Colts. They took wide receiver from LSU, Malik Neighbors. 15 was Arizona's second pick. They took Dallas Turner. 16 was the New York Jets. They took offensive tackle, Amarius Mims from Georgia. 17 was the LA Chargers. Great fit here with Johnny Newton, the interior defensive line from Illinois. 18 was Buffalo. They took wide receiver from Florida State. Uh, Keon Coleman, 19, the New Orleans Saints took Roma Dunze, wide receiver from Washington, 20, the Minnesota Vikings took cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry, 21 was the Dallas Cowboys who took wide receiver Xavier Worthy, 22, the Pittsburgh Steelers took Nate Wiggins, corner from Clemson, 23 was the Houston Texans, they took wide receiver from Ohio State, Emeka Buka. 24 was the Cincinnati Bengals. They took offensive lineman Graham Barton. 25 was the Seattle Seahawks. They took quarterback Bo Nix. 26 was the San Francisco 49ers. They took cornerback Kalen King from Penn State. 27, the Miami Dolphins took the second tight end of the first round, JT Sanders from Texas. 28, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Chop Robinson from Penn State, the edge. 29 was edge from Ohio State. Uh, JT Tuimola to Detroit. 30 was the Baltimore Ravens. They took wide receiver A.D. Mitchell from Texas. 31, the Kansas City Chiefs took a wide receiver as well. Troy Franklin from Oregon. And then 32 was the Philadelphia Eagles taking edge Braylon Trice from Washington. Woo! That was right. a long one. Good um, stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. First, you want to do players outside who didn't make it, or you want to do favorite picks? Let's touch on on, uh, the least favorite and favorite picks. Okay, you you start us off. So my favorite picks from you, I would say uh, Drake May to the Giants. I love that fit so much. I think that makes all the sense of the world, even though it would pain me to see. (laughs) Uh, And then also Chop Robinson to uh, Jacksonville. I love that too. I think they need juice off the edge, like you said. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And then I guess least favorite. It's it's tough, but I think Baltimore going A.D. Mitchell, I feel like they just invested so many picks in wide receiver, so many early picks in wide receivers lately. I just don't see them doing that two years in a row. And then I guess Amarius Mims to the Jets just because I don't need another offensive tackle that gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. I can't do it. That's fair. Um, for you, my two favorite picks – Dallas Turner at 15 to Arizona. I love that pick. I've been rising on Dallas Turner a bunch. I mean, like I said, they need anybody with a pulse right now, but um, to turn your team over with Marvin Harrison and then getting Dallas Turner at 15, I think is really good value. I think he's going to be a plus run defender, like you said. So love that fit. And then my other one was Seattle taking Bo Nix. I mean, you wait and you wait and you don't have to move up. I think Bo Nix fits so well with what this offense really wants to do, especially if they have a two-back system with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, and then you're throwing to 
DK Metcalf and JSN and shout out Jake Bobo. Um, I think it's really set up for him. I think he throws the deep ball well. I think he throws off a of play action really well. So give him a year or two behind Geno. Love this for uh, for Seattle. Uh, least favorite picks. Both tight end spots I thought were kind of questionable. Denver, I mean, I it's hard to say anything bad about Brock Bowers, but I just feel like Denver needs so much help elsewhere that to take a tight end as a luxury pick, even though he's more than that, Maybe not best process, but you know he's so damn good. He'll he'll make it work. And then Miami at twenty seven. I don't think JT Sanders is worth a a, a first round pick right now. Um, I think he's a really good player, but for them, I mean, there's a plot. If you want to go weapon, I think there's a plethora of wide receivers that you can get to fit in this offense better than than JT Sanders. Um, because they're not really asking any of these guys to block either. So, like, if you just want to go weapon, just take a wide receiver. Um, but, hey, we're having fun. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right. Let's talk about some guys who didn't make it. I have them kind of listed by position, so I'm just going to run through this real quick. Um, first guy we got to talk about, Shadur Sanders. I think a lot of people have him slated for the first round if he is to come out. Personally, I'm not taking Shadur Sanders over any of these guys who went in the first round. I don't know how you feel, but I also do feel like he's going back to school next year. Yeah, I think he's someone who's going to return for sure. But I think there's the, just with NIL and his dad. I mean, the guy's going to make $10 million next year. Yeah, it's like, what's what's the point of him coming out right now in a loaded QB class? It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Um, another quarterback, Jaden Daniels. This is a guy that we weren't that high on maybe coming into the season, but this dude has played his ass off all season. He's gotten better and better. I think he was just a runner last year. This guy throws a damn good ball. I know he throws to good wide receivers, but this guy is a one-man offense right now for uh, for LSU. Yeah, I mean, he's the type of guy that NFL teams like nowadays. He's played a ton of football in college. He's improved steadily, and he's got that dual-threat ability. I feel like I view him as a, like a tier below the first round. I just don't see him as a first-round pick. And those guys usually go either round three or at the top of day three. So I don't know where he's going to end up falling. Right. Um, I'll rattle off a couple other names. You stop and pick whoever. Um, Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver from South Carolina. Uh, Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle from Oklahoma, who's a guy I had in my top five summer scouting. Hasn't played as well this year, but um, still a really good athlete. Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Patrick Paul from Houston. Those two offensive tackles. Big Jordan. Those guys. Big Jordan Morgan fan. I was thinking I've taken him for uh, Miami, actually, but decided not to. Yeah, he's had a really good season as well. I think he could easily be worthy of a first-round pick. Uh, Leonard Taylor, a guy we were both very high on this offseason, uh, didn't make the first round. He's got all the traits in the world. Yeah, he's so, like we were talking about people who rise during this process. He's someone who, if he does come out, he's going to rise and rise and rise just because he has all those tools. Right. Um, a couple corners. Denzel Burke having a really nice rebound season for Ohio State. Did not make the first round. Josh Newton from TCU having another good season. He's a little bit of an older prospect, and he's a little undersized, but really good corner. And TJ Tampa, who I have not watched yet, but I know people are very high on him. He's the really uh, long guy, right? I yeah, haven't watched like, him either. Yeah, from, from Iowa State. He's like 6'2", I think. Um, they play a lot of off coverage. Was he so. was he a former uh, wide receiver? If I'm not mistaken, 
Or is that maybe I'm not thinking of someone? I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like he's like the guy who's six two and he's like insanely long. When teams love that, but I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of corners in this class too, especially the top three, top four, right. I guess nowadays. All right. What do you think about Burke? I mean, he's having a monster year, but I just I guess it's going to come down to how he interviews and just how he teams feel about that sophomore season because he was pretty pretty much a liability. But right. he's been playing. He's bounced back tremendously, and he's been playing really good. He's really good man coverage and got some good ball skills. Right. Uh, the last two guys I have are Cam Kitchens from Miami, his safety. He's pretty much mocked in almost every first round I've I've seen so far. I feel like the safeties fall normally, though. Yeah. So curious they do, to see. They do fall, and I I feel like I don't know where I heard it from. I want to say it was Brugler was saying that he's really questioned his long speed. Uh, an ability to just really make up ground, which and I think he dropped him really far in his most recent top 50, but I haven't gotten to watch tape on him this season yet. I just know that he's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of ball production and interceptions and whatnot. Mm. And then the other safety that I was going to mention is Tyler Newbin from Minnesota, who people are very high on as well. I think he's a fifth year guy. Yeah. Big um, Tyler Newbin guy. Yeah. So interesting to see if any of those guys get into our mock 2.0. Got to stay and find out. Anything else before we uh, before we get out of here? No, I just love fucking draft talk, man. Let's go. Yeah, this first mock was fun, even though it was legitimately in the depths of hell after a Jets win. <laughs> well, this was literally prescribed so we wouldn't off ourselves. So that's we're still we're still here, and you know we'll keep doing it until the Jets maybe win. Right. Draft the draft talk is back, people. Too fuck the game previews. We're 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 in draft mode now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We're all in. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our first mock draft of the season. Stay with us. A ton more draft stuff coming your way. So stay locked in. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us as we get into this 2024 draft cycle. Ray, appreciate you. Let's go.